and good morning to our Midlothian campus, our online campus, and the sitting right in front of me campus. That's the geography of this one right here. Good to see everybody today. Man, can you believe next? I I don't have the exact date. I won't be celebrating a COVID anniversary. I don't know about y'all. But uh, next week, somewhere along here, I think if I remember correctly, the the second Sunday, or it was March 15th, so it had been the third Sunday, but it, it was Mar- one, one day different from this week. We had, I don't remember what we did, we had one service, you know, something was brewing, everything was about to change, and I, I don't remember exactly what we did next week, but we, I think we just had one service, and then of course by the following week we were, we were shut down and we were online for, uh, I don't think it'll be more than a week or two. I, I said that. Uh, but anyway, here we are coming up on a year of COVID. And uh, folks, I want to tell you something. I believe with all my heart, if, if COVID magically just vanishes today, and it's just a, a story in the history book, we're going to pay a toll for this for, for one or two years to come. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about the economy or jobs or anything like that. We're going to pay a toll in our emotional health. And I, and I don't think any of us really grasp just how significant uh, that is. I believe, uh, and you can take this for what it's worth, that every single one of us is walking around right now on empty. And you can be, you can be smiling, you can be happy, paying bills, relationships are fine. I promise you, you're walking around on empty. We have a lot less in the tank when life's next big event happens. And uh, so kind of in that belief, just what I'm seeing in my own life, seeing with the, the people I, we are, are ministering to, watching what's just going on in culture, uh, next Sunday and the Sunday after that, the 14th and the 21st, I'm going to do a, a short series. I, I guess two messages is about as short a series as you can get because you wouldn't call one message a series, would you? So t- two messages, again, for lack of a better word, uh, on mental health. And next week, going to kind of try to develop the reality of empty, that, that that is a place we can be living on empty. And then the, the following week, we'll look at how we refuel and what we do. And I, I want to be real clear. I'm not going to be presenting. Here's the formula where you never hit empty. On, on, on planet Earth, there's always the possibility of hitting empty. What's unique about right now is like, all of us are an empty at, at the same time. So that's what we're going to be doing the next two Sundays. I sure hope you'll uh, be here. I imagine you've got people around you, friends, family, that maybe you've heard them talking about things like this. That would be certainly something to encourage them to uh, be a part of on- online or in person. Uh, you, you join us for that. So then that leaves today. You say, what are, what, what are we doing today? Well, you know, if you've been around here very much for the last several years or, or maybe the last 20 years, you know, somewhere along the end of February, the beginning of March, the pastor's probably going to talk about giving. You know, why, why is it always in the same place? Well, we run a fiscal year 
here at the Heights, April to March, which means in February and March, we're coming up on the end of a budget. We're getting ready to start a new budget, and that just makes a good time to think about who we are, what we're doing, what we're dreaming about, what's happening in this area of giving, and what role we all play uh, in bringing about the vision of the church, especially in that area of giving. Now, pre-COVID, because everything in life now is pre or post, pre-COVID, you know, I would approach this way, uh, this time of year, a a variety of ways. Most of the time going to use this as a a time of teaching. What, What does God say? What does his word say? If you've heard me preach on giving more than twice, you know, I, I do believe, not everybody does. I do believe in the tithe that we give 10% Uh, of our income to the Lord. That's taught in the Old Testament. It's confirmed by the mouth of Jesus in the New Testament. The change is in the Old Testament, it's law. In the New Testament, it's opportunity. But we'll, we'll approach this time of year just talking about what the scripture says. Sometimes we are telling more of a narrative, a story about the vision of our church and what we're doing and how the different roles like giving play a part in that. And that usually leads to testimonies, people sharing why they give and why they give here at the Heights or what it's meant to them that there's a body of people out there called the Heights that are doing that giving. But we'll, we'll be looking at that and the roles that we play. And, and one of the things I love about giving, and, and I would add to that, prayer. Prayer and giving is a way that we can all play an equal part. That, that we all can have an, an equal impact. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I say don't run away from God giving us the tithe. Because when we give the tithe, in the eyes of heaven... The person whose tithe last year was $500 is having the exact same impact as the person whose tithe last year was $50,000. The the tithe is the equalizer before before the Lord. And so we'll look at all these ways that that we become a part of doing what God is, is doing here and why he wants us to do that. But again, that's all the things I would have done before 2020. But now it's post 2020. And, and today, at least, I, I kind of want to do something a little different. I just want to say thank you. I, I just want to say thank you for who you are and what you did this past year. Boy, a lot changed with church in the last year, hadn't it? I mean, for, for a lot of us, online church be, kind of became a thing, became a reality. I imagine many of us had done online when we were sick or on vacation or just one of those Sundays, right? Uh, you know, I never get to have one of those Sundays. <laughs> Honey, can we stay home and watch online today? Um, but, you know, you know we, various reasons we would have hit there and there. But, you know, we never had done it for two, three, four months at a time. And, and many still online, over half of us still online today. So that was kind of a new thing. Uh, how, how about this? We stopped passing the plate. I mean, is it, can you call it church if we didn't pass the plate? I, I mean, that's how we know we've had church. We passed the plate. Uh, you know, we're still obviously taking up an offering. We've got boxes at the door and people mail in their offering. And of course, we have our, our giving app. And that probably is the big change 
for our church, uh, you know, from 2020 to, to 2021. This time last year, before all this got started, uh, each week, probably about 40 45% of our offering came in online electronically through the giving app. Now, one year later, about 80% of our offering now comes in that way. So that, that was a huge change from this year. But, it, but it's not just that we weren't passing the plate. We stopped talking about giving. The plate was our reason to say something. The, the play of nothing else, just to have a, a prayer for the offering today and periodically to say various things. As a matter of fact, you may have even noticed, even today, we've, we've, we've gone through a whole service, and if I was starting that other series today, we would have not said a single word. We, we've gone four, five, six, or more Sundays and not said one word about giving. Now, you know, traditional thinking is, hey, giving is a challenge. Giving can be hard. And when we're doing hard things, we need, we need inspiration. We need encouragement. We need reminders of, of why we do, do this. And all of a sudden, just all of that stops. So you think, man, our, our budget is really, it's going to get hurt this year. I, I mean, we're going to be in, we're going to be in trouble. So what happened? What happened at the heights? When, when we didn't say almost nothing about giving Sunday in and Sunday out. Well, through, through last Sunday, last Sunday, the end of February, so we're 11 months into our 12-month budget. Through last Sunday, you've given just a, a little less than $5 million to the work of the gospel and the church here at the Heights. Isn't that incredible? Ah, now, you're applauding yourselves, but you deserve it. Go, go ahead. That, that's a good applaud. You know, folks, I, I look at that and I think, man, that, that really says something about who we are. That, that, that says something about what we're about. This is, the, this is our default. This is our natural thing to do. Man, when you're a part of the Heights family, you're, you're, you're a part of a church that gives. Man, I want to say thank you for your love your, your faith, your commitment, your commitment to what we're doing here at the Heights. And doing that in, in a difficult time. I imagine all of us went through this past year, whether it was health or, or job or some other economic impact. It touches us all in a little bit different way. But, you know, even if you could look back over the past year and say, you know, I, I haven't personally been really impacted by it, but we're still living in the uncertainty of what's going on. We're still living in the cancellations. We're still living in the frustration of, of all that's been happening. And in the midst of that difficulty, you, you, you continue to do what you do in loving and serving the Lord. And you know, God sees that. God sees and acknowledges not just, not just giving, but that you were giving in a difficult, in a, in a challenging time. I want to show you what I'm talking about. If you have your, your Bible with you today, to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's about 80% of the way through your Bible. Uh, to the left is Romans and 1 Corinthians. To the right, Galatians and Ephesians. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul's writing the church in Corinth. And uh, they have not been as faithful. 
They've been a little bit negligent. And so he's addressing that in the area of giving. And do you know what he does to challenge them? He points to another church. He points to a group of churches. Now, I don't think that should be our goal uh, you know, I don't, I don't see us uh, in, in competition with other churches to be better than them. But, I, I, but the other side, I do want to be a church. I do want to be a church that God would point to and say, like them, what they're doing. Not, not just on giving, on anything, on any every area of the Christian life. Don't you want to be a church that God would look at and say, like them? Well, well look at how he says this to the church in Corinth, uh, chapter 8. Beginning in verse 1. He says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles, and they are, they are very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, the church, just as God wanted them to do. So we've urged Titus to encourage your giving in the first place to return and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches." an interesting line, isn't it? I, I, I am, I am uh, testing you in, in how you compare to other churches. Now, I want to do something a, a, a little differently. I want to rewrite Scripture. Now, that's probably not the best way to say that. I am not a proponent of rewriting Scripture. What, what I do want to do is I want to take this passage I just read and read it again. But I'm going to massage it a little bit, change it up. I'm going to hopefully pull out the key ideas. But I want to read it like it was written to another church and, and God used you and me. God, God used the heights as the church he was comparing to. Maybe it would sound something like this. We want you to know about the grace of God that is alive at the Heights Baptist Church. For in a severe test of affliction in the pandemic last year, their joy exceeded the extreme test of uncertainty and insecurity and overflowed in a wealth of generosity that they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, for no one was reminding or pleading because they'd stop passing the plate. But they earnestly took part in the work of the ministry here in the 804. They gave like this because they'd already given themselves to the Lord and then by the will of God to his church. As we might excel in so many acts of service and ministry, let us all see that we excel in the grace of giving. I say this not as a command, but so that through your giving you prove the genuineness of your love for the Lord. 
And to the Heights family, I, I think I can say, I believe your giving, your, your giving as an individual, our giving as a family, because we are a family, right? I, I know we look around the room and you think, man, there's more people in here I don't know than I do know. But in the eyes of God, we're brothers and sisters. We're a family. We do this together. And I think we can look back last year and say, you know, I think we proved our genuine love for the Lord. And that's, that's an exciting thing to think about, an exciting thing to do that, that God would look at us and say, look at them, man. And that's, that's what a genuine love for the Lord looks like. And, and so again, in that mindset, I would say, thank you. Thank you for loving God. Thank you for your faith in him. Thank you for your involvement and commitment to, to what we're doing here at the Heights. I want you to know I pray for you. I pray for myself. God, fulfill your promise. Fulfill the promise of of Malachi 3.10. That when we give you the tithe, God says, test me. It's an interesting little piece of trivia about Malachi 3.10. Because it's a sin to test God. Jesus said that. It's a sin to put God to the test. But there's one verse in the entire Bible where God says, test me. And it's in Malachi 3.10. Test me with the tithe and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing so there's no more need. That can be a financial statement. I wouldn't limit it to a financial statement. I think it's so much more than that. Watch what I can do when you trust me with this. So we are are coming to the end of a budget year. We're heading into a new one as a family. And boy, whenever you're ending something and starting something, a good year, a bad year, uh, just a year, that's always a good time to stop and evaluate. Stop and evaluate where you are, what you're doing, why you're doing it. And so for that reason, I, I put together five questions. They're, they're out of 2 Corinthians 8, which I read part of, and 2 Corinthians 9, which I, I didn't read any. But five questions we might ask ourselves right now. Number one, have I given myself to the Lord? That, that's the most important thing. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of funny to think God wants 10%. Actually, he wants the whole hundred. He, he wants 100% of your money, 100% of your dreams, 100% of your successes, 100% of your failures. He wants all of you. And because that is the right and appropriate response to the fact that God's given all of himself to us, right? And we are eternally wealthy, to use a term, uh, because of it. Have I given myself to the Lord? Does my giving show a genuine love for the Lord? You know, if you're like me, I, I've, I've been given all my life. I've been given since my allowance was made up of nickels and, and giving a tithe on that. So I do that out of obedience. I, I don't know how many times I've stopped and said, no, wait a minute. Am I doing this out of love? Love might be an amount. More than likely, it's an attitude, wouldn't you guess? It, 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 it's an attitude. Maybe even part of that's what number three is about. Am I giving an amount that I can be cheerful about? You know, one of the things about the tithe in the Old Testament is it probably felt a little bit like a tax. And we all know the attitude we have about that, right? You know, it feels like you're paying a bill. I don't want to do this. It's, it's, it's too much. Hey, you know what? You need to give an amount. And I don't know if that's more. I don't know if that's less. But I think God would say, let's give you an amount that you can be happy about. If you're going to be miserable, keep it. Now, that puts you in a place of disobedience, 
But this isn't about a need that God has, and it's not about paying a bill. If, if it makes you miserable, if it makes you complain, if, it, if it's just duty, then just keep it. Get to the amount that you can be cheerful about. Am I giving what I prayed over and dedicated to the Lord? You know, again, I would go back to number two. You know, if I if I do everything I want to do financially and at the end of the month I have this left over and I give it to God, is that love or am I just giving God what I had left over after I did everything I wanted to do? See, when I say prayed over and dedicated, the first thing in my budget is the gift to the Lord. And then the budget moves and works around keeping that number one thing, the number one. I work on that. I pray on that. I, I budget on that. And then that's what I bring. It's a discipline to do that. And then lastly, am I trying to excel in the grace of giving? You know, that, that word excel kind of ultimately at some point that just removes the whole debate about how much. Okay, whether you're giving a nickel, a $20 bill, 1%, 5%, 10%, wherever you start, we all have upon us the challenge to excel. And I don't know that excelling is just an amount. I I think that excelling would get into some of these other questions. I'm getting better and better. I'm doing better and better at my attitude. I'm doing better and better at disciplining and building a budget around prioritizing that. And I think sooner or later it probably does hit the amount, doesn't it? I I want to excel in the grace of giving. Boy, I encourage you to, you know, by yourself, as a couple, as a family, as a family to discuss these questions. Two or three years ago, I think it was three years ago, uh, for this message, uh, that particular Sunday, I think I've only done this once, I, I gave a personal testimony. I, I just shared my story of, of giving, uh, mostly in my, my adult life, uh, you know, married Karen and I, what we've done together. And I, I mean, to make a long story short, I just got to where I, I look back and I see the tremendous blessing of giving in our lives. Karen and I, in, in 33 years of marriage, have never given less than 10%. We give that to the church. We give to other ministries. We give to things outside of our church. But the, the tithe comes here. I think six years, and this would be because of building campaigns. A lot of you have been in a church where you were building. I think six years we gave over 20% of our income in, in a single year to the church. The, the last time we did that was the year before we had our first child go to college. That was a little bit interesting. But I, I look back on this, and honestly, folks, I don't see a thing I've done without. As a matter of fact, I see way more than where did this, where did this come from? How did this, how did this happen? And I'm not saying we never had challenging years. We did. I, there was one or two years, I, you know, you, you get to tax time and you look at all your, you look at that giving and, and every now and then I would have that thought, boy, what could I have done with? Oh, I tell you what, I've always believed when I give God the 10, he makes the 90 work like 110. When I keep the 10, he makes the 90 work like it was, or when I keep it, he makes the 100 work like it was 80. And that's pretty much American life right now. And I look back and I, and I just see such an incredible story. Now, I just said all that to say this. 
Listen, I know moving into giving, especially if you didn't grow up doing that, if, if, if you didn't start your adult life doing that, you know, just all of a sudden you start talking about 2%, 5%, 10%, shove that into a budget that's already pressured. Man, that seems really hard, if not impossible. And, and that's where a lot of us end up having to work through. And do you know, I never had to work through that. Giving was always very natural to me because I'm so much better than the rest of y'all. No, that's not why it was. You know why it was so natural to me? Because my mom and dad raised me that way. I believe with all my heart, my mom and dad put me on a road to victory. They set me up to win. And I'm not saying they, they sat down and said, okay, come, come get your sisters and come in here. We're going to have a lesson on giving. No, I, I don't. If they did that, I don't remember it. It was never a lesson. It was never a lecture. It was an open dialogue and an open conversation about how they served the Lord with what God had provided how they served that through giving. And it was, it was a natural conversation. It was an ongoing conversation. And, and so I just started doing what they did. It seemed to be working pretty good for them. And, and it just became a natural part of life. And there's still challenges when it's a natural part of life. But I never had to, like, from nowhere figure out how I'm going to shove this into a budget. So I'm, I'm very grateful my mom and dad set me up for that victory. I would ask you parents... Are you setting your kids up for that victory? Or are they going to one day figure out, oh man, how, am I, how in the world am I going to do this? You know, when you, when you give to the Heights, you give to a church that has church every Sunday. I never actually thought that would be a victory. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying, hey, you give to a church. We have church every Sunday. Well, look at this past year. That was a little bit of a challenge. And you know what? Because of your giving, we have a certain amount of staff. We have a certain amount of technology. We had things already going on with no knowledge of this coming. It was absolutely seamless from one Sunday to the next. You know, and you make that possible. We make that possible in our giving. You know, as we have gathered and been online, I know there's all kinds of views about the mandates and what we're doing and what we're not doing. And we promote all the mandates. We try to uphold all the mandates. Uh, there's half our church thinks we should ignore those and go even further. The other half thinks we've gone too far and we're crazy and disobedient and lawbreaker. You know, we're all over the map. But you know what? I would ask the church to recognize this. Where, whatever your convictions are, whatever your beliefs are, and I wouldn't say that anybody's wrong. I, I respect the conviction you have on this. And we provide a church for you every Sunday in that conviction. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever, however you're managing and navigating this whole situation, we provide a church every single Sunday for you. You gave to a church that saw people being baptized every month. You gave to a church, we just saw a video about it a moment ago, that, that sees people moving into our community and our culture in just incredible, wonderful, sacrificial, creative ways to be a force for good. I tell you, I love my church. And I love that I, not the pastor, just Randy and Karen Hahn, I love that I get to do my giving at this church. 
I love that I have that opportunity to be a part of this. On your, on your way out today, you will get, uh, or you can go to any of the desks because we don't hand anything out anymore. Uh, don't touch it. Um, but at our desks, you can get a, a, a copy of our budget. You'll notice it says proposed. Uh, this Wednesday, hopefully, we'll move from proposed to just budget. Uh, we do have a, a business meeting this Wednesday night at 6.15, and uh, we'll vote on the budget, some deacons. We've got some committee members we'll be voting on, and uh, I know that really inspires and excites 9.5 out of 10 of you. Uh, you know, you're thinking, I'm not going to a business. Why would I do that? Hey, you know what? It's a little bit like saying, hey, the whole family's down around the kitchen table. I'm not going to that. Uh, In my house, you would. (laughs) You know, when the family gathers around the kitchen table to talk about being a family, everybody's there for that. I want to encourage you to to be here, to see it, to hear it in what we do. We're going to have about 10 to 15 minutes of business. We're going to have about 10 to 15 minutes of a, a short and special, hopefully, ordination uh, service, and then and then we'll move on. My guess is for many of you, your round trip from home is longer than the time that you'll be here. But you know what? It's important to be here. The, the family's gathering. You want to see, you want to hear, you want to be a part. So this is our budget. You can get that. You open it up. And of course, there's a little picture and a description of what all goes into the budget. On the back side, there's a little bit more of that line item look of the key line items and that amount. To be clear, the budget is the same as last year. We, we did, we're not proposing an increase this year. We've had a great year of giving. We've had a great year at the heights that might think, well, coming off a year like that, how do we grow the budget? I, be honest with you, I think we've got enough uncertainties here in the church and outside of the church that going after the same budget will be a step of faith. And I think this will help us, uh, this budget will move us, continue to move us right along in accomplishing our our vision. So, but I I hope you go out there and get that, look at it, be familiar with it, use this, use those five questions uh, to, to just kind of pray through and think about, evaluate. What, what, you're, what role you're playing and what role you want to play in being a part of what God is doing here uh, at the Heights family. But gosh, thank you. Thank you that in such a challenging, difficult time, you use that actually so just how much you love the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we, we lift up to you this next year's budget. And I pray that what makes up every single penny of it, and I pray that the giving that will fulfill every single penny of it, I pray it blesses and honors and exalts you. Lord, I pray your, your, your blessing on that budget, and it will accomplish what you want it to accomplish. And Lord, I pray you'll, you'll multiply it and use it in ways that, that we would have never seen. That we would have never understood. Lord, there's what we do as we give. But God, we want you to take these offerings and go so far beyond what we could have ever imagined. What we could have ever accomplished. We want to see your power. We want to see your glory in our giving here at the Heights family. Lord, thank you so much for what you have given us. The faith, the opportunity, and the ability to do in this past year. I pray It brings a smile to you. And you see how much it makes us smile to be a part of that. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen.